Hey, Hope City Church, Merry Christmas to everybody and uh, a little preemptive Happy New Year to you. Um, I'm excited we get to spend a few moments together today on this Watch Party Sunday. Um, first of all, I just think this idea is great. I love the fact that we're able to give our volunteers some much needed rest, but at the same time still be together as a church family uh, in our living room or watching on our TV phone with family. And if you're a guest today, I want to say hello too. Maybe you're watching the service with us. Uh, and you're new to Hope City, uh, I think that's amazing. So thank you for being a part of this. But I'm excited that we get to spend a few minutes together. And if you know anything about me, you know that I am, I'm a sucker for New Year's. I love New Year's. Uh, my daughter Sadie asked me the other day, we were driving in the car and she said, Dad, what's your favorite holiday? And I said, New Year's. And she just rolled her eyes. She's like, that's the worst one. I was like, are you kidding me? It's the best one because you get to be filled with hope. Uh, and optimism about the future. And, and I just, I love New Year's. I start planning for New Year's. I start thinking about a new year really in about October. Our team at the church will tell you that um, it's kind of annoying and frustrating because I get so excited about the new year that it's hard for me to focus in November and December. So don't get me wrong. I love Thanksgiving, love the food, love the football, love Christmas. But man, I love New Year because every new year for me, I just kind of believe that this can be the best year. I don't say that in some kind of fortune cookie hype type of way. I, I, I really mean it. I genuinely mean it. That I believe that, that 2021, I believe the new year can be uh, your best year ever. And that may mean different things to different people. But what I mean specifically is that um, I hope that this is your greatest year because it's the year that you're closest to Jesus. Because I know for me, when I'm spiritually right, everything else kind of feels right. And, and the opposite's also true, that when everything else in life seems to be going right, but I don't feel spiritually right, it doesn't really matter what's happening around me. And so my prayer for you is that you, you'll be spiritually right, that this will be the year you feel closest to Jesus. This will be the year where prayer feels the most powerful. This will be the year when you're in God's word more than ever before. And I believe if you do that, then everything else will kind of come together uh, in whatever way God has planned for your life and doesn't get any better than that. So, so what I want to do is I want to challenge you for the few minutes that we have together. I want to challenge you to live on purpose, live on purpose. And I believe that God wants more for your life than, than you're currently living. And to, and to kind of show that idea or to, or to learn that idea about living on purpose, I want to read one of my favorite parables and uh, one of my favorite principles that Jesus taught, I've actually taught some of this before uh, multiple times in a couple of different ways, but when you're thinking about the future, when you're thinking about a new year, when you're thinking about living on purpose, I think you gotta go to this story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, um, I'm gonna start at verse six. This is a parable, so Jesus is telling a fictional story to illustrate a point that he wants to make, and we're gonna see if we can find that point. And, uh, and learn from it. So Luke chapter 13, I'm going to start with verse 6. This is what it says. It says, Then Jesus told this story, A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again to see if there was any fruit on it, but he was always disappointed. And finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. Now we're going to read verse eight in just a second. But before we go any further, I wanna, I wanna point out something that's really important. I don't want us to miss it, that 
this man, this, this story that Jesus is telling, this man who is, it represents God, is wanting to cut down a tree that isn't producing any, any fruit. And initially, this kind of sounds mean. It doesn't sound like something that, that Jesus would do, right? Cutting down a tree. Shouldn't he be more graceful? Shouldn't he be more understanding? This is, we can kind of think about this. Well, not really. Not really. Because in another story, and we're not going to read it, but in another story in the book of Mark, not a parable, real life, Jesus actually cursed a fig tree that wasn't bearing fruit, and it withered up, and it died. And then we, we know at the beginning of uh, creation in, in Genesis, we know that, that God told Adam and Eve to, to be fruitful and multiply. Now, technically, he was talking about childbirth, but he was also talking about producing. He was talking about producing that that there needs to be something to show for your life. For Adam and Eve, it was children. But Jesus and Mark and God in Genesis and the story that Jesus tells in Luke, we can see this idea. We can see that, that Jesus, that God really values producing. God expects us to be productive. Now, when I say productive, I don't mean productive like culture means productive because as we enter into a new year, here's what I know. You're going to be inundated with courses and videos and podcasts and posts about how to be more productive this year. And when culture says productive, they mean being able to manage a hundred things with ease. But I, I'm not talking about that kind of productivity. I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus producing something greater than you can produce on your own. That, that this idea that the Holy Spirit, when we commit our lives to Christ, begins to produce in us things that we can't produce on our own. That's the kind of productivity I'm talking about, that, that the Holy Spirit produces things in our life. And the Bible calls that fruit, that what the Holy Spirit produces in our life is fruit. Maybe you've heard of the fruit of the Spirit. That, that's not something that happens in our life because we try harder. It's something that happens because the Holy Spirit produces it in our life, produces that, that fruit. And so when we read stories like this and Mark and Genesis, we have to stop and ask ourselves a difficult question. Are we being fruitful? Is our life fruitful? Are we producing to the level of our potential or are we settling for less than God has put in us? Maybe... Maybe you're in a financial hole so deep that it feels like you're never going to get out. Maybe that's what you're facing heading into a new year. Maybe you're addicted to a drug or a substance and it is kicking your tail and you don't feel like you'll ever be free. Or maybe it's your marriage or it's your career or it's your kids or your faith. Whatever it is, you look at that situation in your life and you say, you know what, I don't feel productive. And the answer is not in another book or another course or another podcast. The answer is in asking the Holy Spirit, asking God to come into my life and to help me produce things that I can't produce on my own. Maybe you feel like a, a tree that is dying. Maybe you feel like you've been uh, going through a drought in life and spiritually speaking. And so everything in your life just feels fruitless. It feels withered. Well, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do when your life feels, you know, fruitless and dry and withered up? And you're seeing all these people kind of talk about a new year and they're filled with optimism and hope, but you don't feel that way because you felt this way before and it 
let you down or you were disappointed or maybe you just feel so defeated that you don't want to get your hopes up. What, what do we do when, when our life feels fruitless? It's the right question to ask and, and we're going to get an answer. Jesus uh, tells us in this parable in verse 8, the gardener said, sir, give it one more chance, leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer and if we get figs next year, then fine. If not, then you can cut it down. This is the answer that Jesus gives. But every now and then in the old King James Version, the Bible reads a little differently. And, and this is one of those instances. We use the New Living Translation, the NLT. You can use whatever you want. We're not picky about Bible translations. We, we normally use the NLT, but every now and then. The old King James comes through and says it in a way that just drives it home. And this is one of those examples. I want to read to you Luke chapter 13, verses 8 and 9 from the King James Version. What do you do when your life feels fruitless? Here's what the King James says. And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well... Suspenseful pause. And if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. I love that. You ready for the simplest Bible lesson that you're ever going to hear as you head into a new year? Here it is. Ready? Dig it. Dung it. Cut it. Dig it. Dung it. Cut it. As I say that, some of you remember we've talked about this before, but like I said, it is it's just one of those stories, one of those verses, one of those principles that I keep coming back to in my life. And I want to encourage you to do that as well. As we identify areas of our life that aren't producing like we wish or we know that they should, what do we do? What do we do? Jesus gives us the answer. Dig it, dung it, cut it. Let's look at each one of those. Now, first, let's look at dig it. Dig it is is where the man said we shall dig about it dig about it that's what some of us need to do as we head into this year and in areas of our life that are not fruitful we need to dig about it now in gardening if you dig around something you do that because you're trying to soften the soil and it allows new resources to get to the root. Now, you know I looked that up because I've never gardened a day in my life, but that's what they say. They say you, you dig around it to soften the soil. You're trying to get new resources. It's grown kind of stale or it's hardened. And so as you soften the soil, new resources get to the root. I think that's a powerful principle for our lives is that there are areas that we're stuck or not producing the output and we know there's more in us. Maybe we need to turn the soil. What do I mean by that? Well, maybe we need to dig into some new resources that are available to us. There's this common myth that things will get better in time. No matter what, just hang on because it'll get better in time. But that's not true. Sometimes it gets worse with time, right? For things to get better, it takes intentional effort. So your finances, your health, your marriage, faith, it's all going to kind of gradually drift, drift towards complacency if you're not working on it, if you're not turning the soil. And so for some of you today, it, this is going to be life-changing and so simple, but it's usually the simple things that are so profound because 
All you really need to do is to make a decision to turn the soil, to put in more effort, to stop settling and increase the effort level in the areas of your life that need to start producing again. What are some of those resources? Well, maybe more effort for your marriage looks like a counseling appointment, or maybe you're in really bad shape and so you need to go to counseling for real, some real healing, or maybe it's not in really bad shape, you just want it to get better. That works too. Maybe it's reading a marriage book together or ordering some marriage DVDs. We've actually got some resources that are gonna be coming in 2021 that our team's putting together specifically for marriages. And we're excited about sharing that with you. Maybe it's setting up a bi-weekly date night or designating some budget money for childcare so that you can go out and, and find that spark again. It's really hard to do with kids at the table. You know what I mean? Well, maybe, maybe effort in your faith looks like committing to not miss church this year. That for 2021, no matter what, you're going to be in church. Maybe it's committing to the 21 days of prayer and fasting that are getting ready to start at our church and the Thursday night prayer services that we're having, the daily resources we're putting out and saying, I'm going to start the year with 21 days of focus and prayer and, and some form of fasting. Maybe it's starting a Bible reading plan or joining a growth group or a hope team. The great thing about a new year is that there are all sorts of new things that are beginning that you can jump into. And we could keep giving examples of, of resources, but you, you get the point. But when there are things in our life that have grown stagnant, sometimes we just need to dig in a little bit. Just dig in a little bit. Now, I, I want to point out one more thing that's really interesting before we move to the next point that the servant said to the master, he said, give it one more year. Why is that important? Because he put a deadline on it. He put a deadline on it. A goal without a deadline is just a wish. So whatever it is you're thinking about right now that needs to change in your life, the thing you need to sign up for, the step you need to take, the thing you're afraid to do, put a deadline on it. Put a deadline on it. Bring some accountability. Put a, tell a friend about it. Text someone. Uh, uh, give yourself some kind of reward or consequence. Put a deadline on it. So what do you need to dig into? What areas of your life do you need to turn the soil? Because that's digging, okay? That's digging. But for some today, digging is not what you need. What you need is you need to dung it. Dung it. Dung means exactly what you think it means. It means fertilizer. And I don't know why God chose to make the best ingredient for growth manure, but he did. In his, think about this, in his grand design for the universe, when he was creating the world, God said, the greatest growth accelerant is going to be manure. <laughs> manure, it's crazy. Nothing will cause you to grow more than dealing with the manure in your life. I'm setting a record for how many times I can say the word manure in a sermon. I think that's five, but it's true. Nothing will cause you to grow more than dealing with the stinky, smelly stuff that you've been avoiding. Maybe you haven't been producing fruit because you've been ignoring those things, those stinky and smelly things that you know you need to deal with, but you've put it off. Maybe it's a hard conversation, uh, a conversation where you need to forgive or you need to confess something. Maybe it's dealing with issues from your childhood that you've ignored because it's too painful. 
but you've learned by now it's not going away. Maybe it's going to the doctor, starting a diet or going to rehab or admitting to your friends and your family that you need help. There's something that you are avoiding and, 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 and trying to, to, to hide from in your life because you know that when you deal with it, it is going to smell and stink and be gross. But here, here's what you're going to discover is that when you finally decide to deal with the manure in your life, you will experience growth like never before. We say it all the time around here that God won't fix what you won't face. So let's face it. Let's deal with the junk in our lives. But there's one more. The man said we need to dig about it. We're going to dung it. But then if it doesn't grow, we're, we're going to cut it. We're going to cut it. This is the most painful part of the growth process, but there comes a point when things in your life that are not fruitful need to be cut. There are times when we've got to follow the example of Jesus and curse the barren fig trees in our life, not because God is trying to be mean, but because you can't take whatever is not working into the next season of your life where God is potentially trying to take you. Some of you have been dragging things around with you for years, maybe since childhood or high school. It's like an anchor that's keeping you stuck. And God wants to do some new things in your life, but this is the way he does it, is he requires you to cut out old things to make room for new things. It's painful. Like straight up, it's just painful. It's uncomfortable. You, you, you wrestle with self-doubt. You wrestle with feeling like you're hurting someone or acting like you're better than someone, but cutting is necessary in order to, to produce the fruit that God wants to produce in your life. And so maybe it's relationships. I know this is painful, but nothing determines the trajectory of your life like your friends. And some of you watching right now, you have known for years that your friends are holding you back from God's best for your life, but you've been afraid to make cuts. You know they're not fruitful. You know they're not beneficial. And you know they're just taking up space in your life, but you're afraid to make a cut. But as I'm speaking right now, you know the Holy Spirit is dealing with you to make some cuts in the area of relationships in your life. Maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a job or a career choice, a habit or an addiction. It's taking up space. It's not being fruitful, productive in your life. Jesus modeled it for us. We got to curse the barren fig trees and we got to let them die. We got to let them die. So what do you need to do today? What's your response to God's word as you look at the areas of your life that are not fruitful? As you look at the things that are maybe potentially taking up space, what do you need to do? Do you need to dig about it, turn the soil, soften the soil, and tap into some new resources? Do you need to dung it? Do you need to deal with the stinky, smelly uh, stuff you've been hiding from and avoiding and shoving in a corner somewhere that you're afraid to deal with? Do you need to cut it? Do you need to eliminate it from your life because it's taking up space and God's wanting to do something new. Here's my prayer for you, is that as I've been talking, that, that God has been speaking to you. Not my words, but his words, and that you know with certainty, clear as I'm talking right now, you know the step you need to take.
And I can't think of a better thing to do walking into a new year than creating space for God to do something new in our life. So I wanna pray for you and I'm gonna challenge you, don't just walk away without taking action. Make a commitment right now, maybe with your spouse or family or a friend, text somebody, call somebody and say, hey, I'm gonna make a commitment to tap into some new resources, to deal with some junk in my life or to eliminate some things in my life. Because I'm believing in 2021 that the Holy Spirit is gonna produce things in me that, that I've never seen before, greater than anything I've ever experienced before. I believe He will. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you continue to produce in us, that you don't give up on us. Maybe in times when we want to give up on ourselves, but that you sent Jesus to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with you. And that when we put our faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ, that you begin working on the inside of us and more than our effort and more than our great planning or goal setting, the Holy Spirit starts changing us from the inside out. And so God, wherever there are areas of our life where we've stopped growing, stopped changing because we've grown stale or avoided tough things or refused to eliminate things for our life, I, I pray that today you would help us to have the courage to do that, to do that, to, to take that step with your help, not based on more of our effort or willpower determination, but based on the Holy Spirit's power in our life. Now, while you're still head bowed or eyes closed, wherever you are, while we're still praying together, here's what I wanna do. I wanna give somebody an opportunity to commit their life to Jesus Christ. Cannot think of a better way to start a year than, than ending 2020 living for yourself and starting 2021 living for Jesus Christ. And so wherever you're at, I know we're, we're communicating through camera and TV and phone, but wherever you're at, if you would say, you know what, I'm ready to put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm ready to start a relationship with him, not based on what I do, but based on what Jesus did on the cross. Wherever you are, I know this is gonna sound strange because maybe you're even by yourself, but, or you're with other people, but wherever you are, will you just throw your hand up as just a sign to say, you know what? I'm gonna start a relationship with Jesus Christ today because I'm putting my faith in Jesus in the cross. I know that I need a savior and Jesus is that savior. Wherever you are, and, 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 and whatever you're going through, if you just threw your hand up, I want us to pray a prayer together. And I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. It's just words, the prayer is not what saves you. It's the belief in your heart, but these words are gonna help you get started. A conversation between you and God, confessing. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he saves you. And so will you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Please save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I give my life to you. I give you control. The next time I fall, help me to get up and to run to you, not away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. What an amazing way to start a new year by committing your life to Jesus Christ. We're celebrating with you, wherever you're watching this and however you're participating, let's celebrate together that somebody just started a relationship with Jesus Christ. I love you. I can't wait to see you back in person uh, together next week as we get to start a new year as a church family together. But I love you. I'm gonna kick it back to our pastors, our MCs right now. Hope you have an amazing 
have a day.